The MX Vice Show. Welcome to episode 84 of the MXY Show podcast, coming in hot after the 2021 Motocross of Nations. That's actually happened. Against all odds, you could say. And uh, we've also had the MXGP of Sardinia recently that we haven't covered on this podcast because um, there were some events, some travel events that stopped this podcast from happening. But we will inevitably get into that in episode 84. This is the MXY Show podcast. And as always, we would like to thank Fly Racing, Liat, Planet Moto Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, KYB, Even Strokes, MXGP TV, Backyard Design UK, Asterix Knee Braces, and Armour Nutrition. Coming up this week, we have the Liat Ask Vice Anything segment. Obviously, a lot of questions there coming off the Motocross of Nations and some controversy. The Planet Moto bombshell of the week, and we may even squeak in Armour You Smarter Than a Birth, but... Squeak in or squeeze in? Please, <laughs> please be quiet. I haven't introduced you yet, but... We're probably going to avoid that game because um, James's mental state is fragile at best after the events of last week. So we're just going to leave that, push that to one side. Part one of the MX Vice show is presented by Fly Racing. Fly Racing has redefined expectations in safety and performance with Formula Helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula Helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring Rion technology, Conehead EBS and a 12K carbon shell, the Formula's Advanced Impact System, that's AIS, introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1290 grams, we believe the Formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the Formula Helmet has changed the game. And the Formula Helmet mounted the Motocross of Nations podium with Conrad Muse over the weekend. 22... 14 moto scores, which we will get into because there's actually something quite poignant to say about Comrad Muse, but we'll get there. We'll get there later in the show. With me this week is a man who was planning to go to the MXGP of Sardinia and failed. Is a man who was planning to go to the Motocross of Nations and failed. Is a man who planned to be on this podcast and is actually here. It's James Burfield. The man, the myth, the legend. I'm here. How are you, Lewis? Great, you? <laughs> yeah, uh, it's been a tricky, tricky couple of weeks, I'm not going to lie. How uh, was Sardinia? Sardinia looked lovely. Um, How was the Miracles of Nations? That looked quite messy, so um, yeah, it, it's just best, less, uh, best said, uh, uh, less said about that, the, the better, I think. Would you like to apologise to the fans for no, not f- being able to deliver a podcast last week? No, I fucking wouldn't. Okay, it's just for you. I apologise to nobody. Okay. Any regrets? Uh, no. Um, my wife was was a little bit under the weather, so uh, it was it was it was probably best that I, I stayed at home anyway. So and was um, it was that how and how exactly did that cause you to be late for your flight? 
Uh, well, uh, I did have to do a uh, five-hour round trip to Uckfield uh, via the M3 or M25. So um, that put that is your, bit, your is your mistake. That put a little bit of pressure on the journey, and then uh, Dartford Tunnel. We were actually it, t- it took us two hours to actually get through the Dartford Tunnel. So um, you know, sometimes you can't uh, you can't foresee what's going to happen. Well, we, we ended up three minutes late for the flight. Well. Think about all those ways you could have saved those three minutes. Yes, it wasn't, it wasn't my finest hour, I've got to be honest. I, if I was you, I would have dumped the truck out the front of the airport and just gone and gotten a flight. In fact, you could have, this is like, you could have parked the truck in the front of the airport where the taxis are and stuff, gone in, checked your bag in, come back out, then gone and parked the truck and then gone back in and gone through security. If only you were here. Uh, only if only you were in a truck to suggest that great idea, Lewis. Yeah, just it is a quite a good idea. Yeah. So, how was the nations from your perspective, which wasn't at the track as planned, despite the two flights that I paid for for you? And it's funny actually. Remember in the previous podcast when I said, um, <laughs> "What are you going to do, nations, to justify the cost of you going?" It turns out. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't go very well. Not even go. Um, I got to be honest; it wasn't the most exciting of nations. Uh, I know it's obviously ended up being a couple of points separating everything, um, but yeah, it, it's not going to be one of those memorable nations. Apart from Caroli being able to win on home soil. Well, that is exactly the point. The nations was memorable and will live on in everyone's memories because a fantastic rider did what we all expected and knew. He was capable of. He triumphed at the toughest event in the world. Everyone saw the talent and knew that he had it in him. And finally, we all got what we wanted to see, and that is Ben Watson winning the MXGP overall. <laughs> Did you like that? You thought I was going to, you thought I was leading into Crowley, didn't you? It's just twisted it. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. You are twisted. Okay. <laughs> now, how did it actually come across on TV? Because I imagine it would have been quite different than being there because obviously you don't really get the atmosphere on TV. It's more focused on the racing. Well, I've got to be honest, of all the nations uh, I could have missed, because that's only the second nations I missed since 2006. So um, I'm what glad. What other I... one did you miss? Oh, Franciacorta. Uh, yeah, Italy in 2009. i got to be honest, um, I'm glad I missed that one because there seemed to be no atmosphere. Um, there seemed to be little fans there. And, uh, you know, the track was just one line because it, it had one fast line. So of all the nations, I've got to be honest, I'm so glad I missed that one. It, on TV, I, I mean, the commentator's done well, uh, Jason and, and Paul, to, to kind of, you know, trying to push it as much as possible. But it was just, it just lacked, um, it just lacked, you know, those, those exciting riders which make the nations and the fans which make the nations. So if, if anything, they should have just left it another year. Okay, uh, brutal. How was it for you? It's weird. Like Friday morning when I first got to the track, it was very like everyone, the mood was kind of like, what are we doing here from everyone in the paddock? And then Friday night, after they'd done the press conferences and they did the ballot, things started to like, uh, like there was that, I did actually start to like be like, oh, so, like it's for nations. Like, because the ballot is generally quite an exciting thing anyway, isn't it? So like that kind of got me going a little bit. And then Saturday morning, I was very much like, oh, okay, I'm feeling this. Like this does feel special. And then once the actual on-track stuff started, I was kind of like, uh, like, there isn't many people here, both riders and fans. The track is not nation's quality. Like, eh. Like, it was, it did, that kind of killed it for me. Just, 
I think even if everyone was there and blah, 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 like it was everything else was firing on all cylinders, I don't think Mantova is a motocross of nations track either in a normal year or in a COVID year. No, I agree. I agree. Uh, they, they desperately wanted donations. They'd been asking in front for it for years. They got it. They put in the effort. Like they made changes to the track. They, like, they put in the effort, but it just wasn't, it, it just wasn't short. a nation. It just was. It's not a nation's track. It's just not. It's very. It was very like the prep was weird as well. Very hard and dry on uh, Saturday, I presume, because they knew the rain was coming on Sunday. But I, I don't really get that. Like, why would you just prep it? Prep it perfectly for the dry on Saturday, and then just take what you can on Saturday night and see what happens. But um, yeah, and really conflicting reports about how many fans were allowed there because some people said it was unlimited capacity. Then some people said 5,000 fans, but then on the morning of the race, MXGP was selling tickets online to get into the event. So like, whatever the limit was, if there was one, they clearly weren't at that limit, which is bizarre in itself. And to be fair, apart from a group of Swedish fans, it didn't have an atmosphere of the nations. There was a group of Swedish fans that really brought it, though. So fair play to them. Maybe they even listened to this. No, there was like a group of eight of them that I saw probably two or three times through the weekend, and they were very much treating it like a normal nation. So basically, they were the whole of the nations. Yeah. But, I guess we start with this. No, we need to start with this. Alessandro Lupino. Questionable decision to make the racetrack considerably shorter on the first lap of the last moto. Docked 10 positions which he definitely deserved a penalty, so good job on giving him a penalty. Was it enough? I don't think so. No, I don't think it was as well. I think, you know, it had been really sad uh, for, the, for the fairy tale ending for Crowley to be taken away. Um, however, I do believe um, that wasn't enough because there, he, he gained so much. And... And it was just such a silly thing to do. He, he, they, they know to come back onto the track at the same place, but he must have gained 20 places minimum. Well, I found a photo this morning of like him actually exiting the track, like the exact moment that he was basically bailing. Yeah. There was 100% room for him to go off a track at that point, pivot, and come back on where he left. There was perfect room for that. Had he done that, he would have been last, or second to last, whatever. And... Instead, he was seventh. So that's a 30-position swing, essentially. Yeah. So a 10-place penalty in that sense doesn't cover it. No. No. And, it, and it's, it's, you know, as, as bad as it is for Crowley, you know, it, that, shouldn't have, you know that, that, that shouldn't have been a lot. Ten, 10 positions is, you know... I don't know what else to say about it, really. It's, they, they made a decision, but I, be, I, I feel the decision's wrong. For me, it was a disqualification. Yeah, well, that's what I'm sure that I kind of read online. I'm sure that is what the rules actually state. No, the rules, the rule book states the penalty for gaining an advantage while off course during races will be the loss of the number of positions gained plus one additional position in the final results of the respective race for the rider in question. If no positions were gained, the penalty will be the loss of one position. So in that sense, the penalty will be the loss of the number of positions plus one. That that effectively indicates that they believe Lupino gained 10 positions from cutting the track. Yeah. Which I've... is no, there's no way. There's no, there's no way. There's no. literally no way. He gained, 
at minimum, he gained 20. Yeah. Mate, and I would even say at minimum, he gained 25. Like, yeah. But the decision's been made. It is what it is. Uh, it is what it is. But yeah, I guess, I guess we're both very much clear on what we think. So I guess there's not much more to say about it. Other than... I think that that's shared by a lot of people. Uh, I've kind of read the same similar comments of people who, who feel exactly the same way we do. It, um, for the first, I've never seen it in my life, but on the timing screen, halfway through, Lupino just had pending penalty in massive red letters next to his name, and I've never seen them have the ability to run that graphic before in my life. So I'd imagine... That's how you know it was a serious thing. When they decide to make a new graphic for the timing screen halfway through the race, <laughs> that's when you know yeah. it's something serious. And yeah. in that trouble, <laughs> in that sense, maybe a 10 place penalty isn't that enough. If it warranted that kind of scrutiny and that kind of immediate attention, maybe 10 places isn't enough. But as I say, it is what it is. Italy have won the nations. Italy will go down as for winners of the nations. And in 10 years' time, is, are people going to remember that Alessandro Lupino cut the track? Probably not. But he says as well that he couldn't rejoin in the second term because there was a lake in the middle of the track. Alessandro, mate, you're not going to drown. It was a puddle. A lake. It wasn't a lake. It was a puddle. You could have ridden through the puddle. It, it wasn't a lake. It was a puddle. I think two words, Alessandro. Well played. All that. I'm sorry, you could have ridden through a puddle. And also interesting is that both Caroli and Lupino have said they heard the Italian announcer saying Lupino penalty while they were riding. So they were both aware of the situation for, because, for that reason. Yeah. And not only that, after the cutting the track incident, Lupino rode horrifically. I have no idea. Like, it was as if he had a broken neck. <laughs> I know. Uh, Olivia's got these, uh, these toys and they're literally small bodies with the big heads. And that was exactly what Lupino looked like. I think he was concussed from when he landed on his back and like his head cracked back a little bit because I just think that I get I hear from what I hear I think he was a little bit out of it like I don't think he really had all of his senses and that was kind of evident by him going off the track a couple of times making mistakes making questionable passes and the fact that he couldn't keep his head stable which looks even more ridiculous with the insanely long peak extender thing for the mud (laughs) literally couldn't have looked more European if he tried and also couldn't look like more of a mess if he tried but but hey, it is what it is. Won the nations. <laughs> it's what it is. No, good for Crowley though. Everyone's happy to see Crowley win the nations. A bit, it sucks a bit that it wasn't a real nations in the sense that there weren't hundreds of thousands of fans there. Hundreds of thousands might be pushing it. There wasn't thousands and thousands of fans there. It's disappointing, hey, to, to win in your own country, but not many Italian fans turned up. Well, it's COVID, isn't it? Like, I guess there was a limit, but I mean, the area around the podium seemed busy. So that's good, because I thought that there would probably be no one there, but that's, that's good. But yeah, as far as like lining the fences, it didn't, you could stand watching the race and kind of not notice the fans because it wasn't that loud, if you get what I mean. I think it's a testament to the nations itself when the expectation out of nations is just what we've seen, you know, in France, in the UK, in, in, you know, in America. It's like just everybody just... Every, no matter where you are in the world, you look forward to the motocross of nations. And, and that's what makes it special. It's definitely the fans which make the nations um, special. Because it's when you see them leaning over the fences and the flags going and everything else, that, 
I mean, riders must have just been like, is this a nation's? Because there's no one here. I think everyone was a bit like that, to be honest. And I, th- I think everyone was kind of like, is this a na-? Even Guadagnini said that on a Saturday, he just felt like it was a GP. And yeah. that's an Italian rider racing the nations in Italy for the first time ever. So if anyone should have been feeling the buzz and feeling like the nerves, it's him. But actually speaking of Guadagnini, he carried Team Italy. Unbelievably. He really stepped up and kind of did his job. He, he led Team Italy to the win, which is, I don't think anyone would have predicted. No. But he really like stepped up and shone the brightest. So props to him for that. I think even before the last Moto antics, Lupino wasn't riding very well all weekend. I guess maybe he was feeling the pressure and the kind of the magnitude of the event, but he wasn't riding well at all, really. Like definitely, certainly not the Lupino level that he has been on at points this season. What do you think this does for Guadagini going into the rest of the remaining rounds? I mean, this has got to be a huge confidence boost. No, not a lot. Do you not think? He's already won GPs and stuff this year. Like, I'm sure so, he has, but like... I, no, you don't have to be sure he has. He has. Yeah, but as in sure he has the, you know, the confidence. Oh. But this is a different level. No. Okay. No. Winning a GP, winning your third GP of your MX2 career is much more of a confidence booster than winning a Nations, which is a team event. And essentially, like, your results count, but they, like, you could quite easily be carried to it. Not that he was, but... And also, it's not like he... If he'd gone out there and beaten Justin Barsha, then I'm sure he probably would be skipping around there with a little spring in his step, like, oh my God, I can't believe I did that. But it was a weaker GP, so it is what it is. It is, it is what it is. That's kind of the, yeah. <laughs> no. kind of the slogan of the nation. Sure. But back to Crowley. Everyone's happy. Everyone's pleased that he finally got one. Bit of a weird one for him to win, but he's got the trophy, so that doesn't matter. It's in the book. I was nervous for him coming into the weekend, though, because Sardinia was scary. And I, I was just nervous. Like, medically, there was nothing stopping him from racing, obviously. It's not like the doctors were like, well, if you can manage the pain of this, like, as far as scans and everything go, his body was ready to race. It just depended on how painful or how in pain he was, how much he was aching, stuff like that. But I was just nervous that he was going to do more damage because that was scary in Sardinia. The mood was very dire after practice in Sardinia. Everyone was kind of like shaken up by it and a bit like scared of what the outcome was going to be. Incredible that he's okay and incredible that he could race one week later and actually win the nations. But so obviously it was the right decision to race there. But I was genuinely concerned for him heading into the weekend. Well, well, interestingly, uh, on TV, Guadagini grabbed uh, Caroli as he's been interviewed and squeezed him, and Caroli went, "Ow." <laughs> Really? So I think Guadagini forgot well, that. you heard him say out. Yeah, he was like, you could see him like literally his face go and everything else because he was obviously, while he was squeezed, he was in pain. But uh, that did make me chuckle. Yeah, we didn't do one after Sardinia, but obviously, yeah, he, um, he lost feeling in his, not even from the neck down, like for a brief time after that crash. So I don't think at that point when he was being stretched off, I don't think anyone said he'll be winning the Nations this time next week. No. No, it would be like, he's not even going to be in the Nations. Uh, yeah, I, I, I thought he'd be done. But I thought that was his career, to be honest. I thought that was like, that's the last we see of Crowley on a bike. But obviously, things worked out for the best. And he's now got that Nations win in his back pocket. Going to be weird next year at Red Bud, Italy being one, two and three, but without Crowley. I mean, there's a chance that Crowley does it. If I had to bet right now, I would say he doesn't but maybe he does. 
But just a bit weird for me to think of us going into America with Lupino running the number one plate and all of the American fans being like, and this guy is... <laughs> Hello. But Italy are kind of in a good place for the next... Italy are... Without Caroli, Italy aren't going to win for a while now. No. But they are in an okay place because Guadagnini can clearly carry this team to at least... Guadagnini is the new Crowley for Italy. Yeah. He's shown enough agreed. already halfway through his rookie term. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Okay, good. I'm glad we agreed on that. Yeah. Coldenoff kind of blew it for the Netherlands. <laughs> wow. That's a statement. <laughs> There's you trying to build bridges. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's well, a nail in the coffin on, well, no. on that relationship <laughs> Try Hurlings, on that Hurlings went, no Hurlings went 1-1 so he didn't if Coldenoff hadn't crashed in the first moto the Netherlands would have won and that crash in the first term was Coldenoff's fault we've got a video of it Caroli bless his little art was just poodling around the outside having the time of his life and then he just got torpedoed by a Yamaha like, I don't know if it's actually shown on TV, but did you see... Uh, yeah, did they show on TV? Crowley pushed Koldenoff when he got up. If, uh, if anybody else wonders why uh, Koldenoff is not in any post-race podcast for the, for the foreseeable future, we, we now know why. No, did, but did they show it on TV? Crowley shoving Koldenoff? No, no. Oh, when they got... Because obviously it was Koldenoff and Crowley down in the first turn of the first moto. Well, they might have, but I didn't see it. Yeah, Crowley got up and shoved Koldenoff, so that tells you that I'm, my assessment is right and... Koldenoff was to blame. Wow. I feel like Koldenoff just came in with a... I feel like the 1-1-1-1 one, 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 one thing just kind of played with Koldenoff's head a little bit too much, to be honest. I think maybe that was on his mind too much of like, I'm the nation's guy. I feel like... And I feel like that's why he went into that first turn with so much steam. What? And I think even he said it. He said it himself. He went into the first turn with a bit of, as he put it, over-motivation. He was over-motivated. That's what he said. I was maybe a bit too over-motivated going into that first turn. A bit excited. Yeah, I guess that's a simpler way of putting it. Yeah, without that happening, Netherlands would have won. But um, weird, weird time we live in where the Netherlands finishing second is and everyone's like, well, that's... Like, the Netherlands are almost in America territory now where they finish second and lose it by one point and everyone's like, well, that's shit for them. But the quality of their team. Oh, yeah. So that's why the expectations there. It's exactly the same if any team had those riders in. The expectations there. I feel a bit bad for Mostyke. I hope he doesn't blame himself too much. He obviously didn't have a great day. But it wasn't terrible. I mean, it wasn't like it could have been a lot better, sure. But it wasn't like... He went 18-20, which obviously isn't great. But as I said to every rider after the race who was bumming about their results... Team USA won it in 2011 and Baggett went 17-17 in his motos. So most like going 18-20 isn't that bad because USA won it yep. with a similar score. So like, be, don't be too hard on yourself kind of thing. It was just that 15th from Koldenoff really... Um... Oh, wow. What? Hey. What? What? It was. It, like, that 15th from Koldenoff just put them on the back foot and they, they like kind of needed to win. They even um, most like said it. It going into that second moto, they gave Hurlins the inside gate because after the first moto, they knew they were in a must-win situation. So they decided to give Hurlins the inside gate, let him win and at least put a one win on the board, a low score on the board, just to get them back in it because they knew that after that first moto, they were in a must-win situation. Like they were, they knew their, their back was up against the wall, and it was. They weren't even um, even after Hurlins winning the second moto, they were fifth, sixth heading into the last race. So. 
yeah, they face an uphill climb. Like nothing, it, it happens. It's motocross. There's first turn crashes, but that first turn crash from Coldenoff, it happens. It's motocross. That that really put Netherlands in a sticky situation. But um, that's what we've seen at the nations over the years. Often the nation that avoids weirdo incidents is the one that wins. Look at America at Assen. Anderson and Cooper crashing in to get into each other down a straight cost them quite dearly. It's, that wasn't a plan. That wasn't anyone's mistake. It's motocross. Shit happens. And for some reason, shit seems to happen to a lot of nations at the motocross of nations. One of those being cold enough in the first turn on Sunday. How, how, was you, how were you thinking after uh, the first race in France had a 10-point lead? Were you thinking they're going to walk away with this? Patrell was a lot better than I thought. That's what I was thinking. Okay. Patrell was a lot better than I thought. But he was already... Patrell's been quite weird because Turkey was a disaster for him. Okay, it was his first race back, but then he was really good in Sardinia. And you wouldn't expect him to be good there. But, but I was talking to a rider on Saturday, uh, a rider who was good in MX2, a podium guy in MX2, but has struggled, is now like hoping for points in MXGP. And the said rider said to me, we don't forget how to ride. Like all of us who were good in MX2, we haven't forgotten how to ride. That's still in us. It's just confidence. Like that's all it comes down to. All of us who were on the podium in MX2 and now can barely get in the points in MXGP, it's just confidence. We've lost all confidence. Like if we could somehow get that back, then we'd be back to where we were. But it's so hard to get confidence when you can't get on a good bike and you can't get go- like effectively get going. Second guessing yourself. But that's like all of us. We all suffer lacking confidence, whether it's work or life. Uh, why should that be any different to a professional rider? Well, we'll get to that. We will get to that. But first, before we get off the Netherlands, some insight. So qualifying race sun- Saturday, sunny Saturday, lovely. Um, Netherlands had 29th gate pick. Hurlings started without his hole shot device on. Oh. And I sent this to some riders who weren't at the race because I, f- I had a photo of Hurlings sat behind the gate without his hole shot device on. And I sent, it to, I sent it to some riders who weren't at a race and said, like, what, like, I think this is, I think this was on purpose. And they're all like, no chance. There's no way. Like, there's no way that's on purpose. His whole shot device must have broke. Like, a few riders have said that whole shot devices can break if it's hot because it melts something. If they're engaged for too long and it's hot, apparently whole shot devices come loose. Right? Who knew? Sunday night, I didn't do an interview with Hurlings because he, he actually came up to me before from the podium and said, I can't do an interview tonight. My flight's really early. So I was like, fair enough. Thank you for letting me know. But I did speak to KTM. It was on purpose. He started without his whole shot device on because he was in 29th gate pick and he wanted to turn to the inside immediately after the gate. So he sat there without his whole shot device on, let everyone else go, poodled out the gate and cut to the inside. Boom. Game yeah, plan. Just interest, interesting. Because obviously you don't see, like, it's so like. Why would you not start with your whole shot device on? Turns out it was actually on purpose. Just a little interesting insight. That's why I'm at the races. little insight. Team GB. Third. Yeah, to, to, to be only a couple of points off the win. Um, that's, that's a great, great result. Can we stop with the four podiums in a row thing? Uh, what do you mean? Well, like... Red, yeah, Redbud. Officially, we were on the po- we were on the podium at Redbud, but like, not. Well, it's like, only because of really. the fuel incident, was yeah. it? Yeah, it's just there's a lot of like fourth year in a row, and it's like okay, like okay, it is the fourth year in a row, but maybe don't shout about that too much because then people are going to start picking 
picking at that thread of like, well, <laughs> well, you say that. <laughs> yeah, but um, they, they've done well. You know, when, when you think about... Um, when you think no, they have done well. I'm just saying that like flaunting the four, podium, four years of podiums in a row is like a bit... I don't know. I'm just a bit like, well, not quite, but okay. Oh, I expect they're keen to stay in a job as well. They're doing, they're doing a good job. They're keen to, to carry it forward. Stay in a job? Yeah, as leading the, the nations. Okay. Okay, I'm sure they're keen to stay in a job as well. Like, hmm. <laughs> stupid thing to say. <laughs> when, when are you going to throw your hat in the ring to manage the team? I don't know. I think Stephen Sword should manage the team. That's what I decided yesterday. How come? I think he'd be really good. Because hmm. he's a rider coach at Hitachi at the moment, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. I think he'd be really good. There was a bit of controversy. Well, not controversy, but on a Saturday, it was spread around Team GB that all of the results counted for qualifying. And luckily, Lewis was there to clarify that actually that's wrong and we do drop the worst result. Okay, so who, who was the crazy person to start this rumour? I don't know. Mm-mm. Luckily, they had you. Watson. Watson started the rumour. No, Watson. As in, Watson, how good? Very good. Yeah. Is it almost as if... Hold on, actually. Hold on. Oh, Jesus. It's been a while. You know this is about Watson, not you. Hold on, it's you're been supposed a while. To give, you're supposed to give Ben credit, not yourself. Do I even have the sound anymore? No. What's this do? Platform one. Oh, I forgot about this. Watson wagon. Service to Russia. <laughs> a trolley service of drinks and light refreshments is available on this train. This train is formed of 10 coaches. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> it's much longer than I remember. <laughs> Much longer than I remember that. Didn't actually know what that was going to be. I just had a sound called Watson Wagon, so I felt it was appropriate. It's not surprising, is it? Nope, it's not. Especially when someone's been telling everyone that this has been coming for months. Yep. Like, there isn't even so much to say other than he deserves a factory ride. But is he going to get a factory ride? I don't know, James. What do, I don't know. What do we know about this situation? Because do people know about this situation? I don't know, Joe. You, you know how... You know how when a band releases an album and they go on a media tour? No. Y- yeah, I do. Oh, okay. <laughs> the fact <laughs> that you do, though, is kind of freaking me out. Well, okay, you know when anyway, You know when a film gets released and an actor goes on a media tour? You don't watch films. Just please let me move on. Yes? Yep, yep. That's effectively me with a Watson wagon this week. Okay. We got a victory and now I'm just on a media tour about how we deserve a factory ride next year. I wrote a column for On Track Off Road today titled, What More Do You Want? (laughs) (laughs) I'm now on this podcast to spread the message. Right, okay. And I'm on Pulp tonight just to spread the message transatlantically. Right, so what options are available to him? In the Yamaha option is still... The Yamaha, Yamaha thing isn't closed yet. Like, that isn't... The door isn't closed. So that's... So we'll wait and see what happens there. Okay. Well, that's, that's better than I thought, because I thought that door was closed. I think it's going in one... Di- it's, it's kind of further in one direction than the other. Right. But it's not closed. Okay. Kawasaki need a second rider. 
But there's I other don't people... trust. I don't trust them to do the right thing. No, there's other people in 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 for that one. Hey, yeah. Vlanderin's also deserving of fact. Both Vlanderin and Watson both need factory rides. And if the world doesn't give them factory rides, then I officially give up because, but like, where are the factory rides? That's what I'm asking. One at Yamaha, one at Kawasaki. One at Yamaha, one at Kawasaki. So, Beta? Do we count Beta as factory? So is Yamaha running a third rider? That's unclear. There's so, a chance Renault goes 450. Okay. That's kind, of the cat, that's kind of the cat amongst the pigeons here. So he wins the world championship and then opts to go 450. Or Yamaha go get on a 450. Okay. But we, I put us up against Renault next year and say we would clearly be better on a 450. Okay. And I think that's clear for everyone to see after we just won the MXGP class at the Nations with a seven-point advantage over second. Like Not only did we win, we dominated. Which was Bry Lyakov. I don't need to say names. Just... <laughs> Let's just let's leave it to people's imagination who second could be. It was hurling. <laughs> yeah, no, just we'll wait and see what happens with Ben for next year. But I, if he doesn't get a factory ride, all I can say is buckle up because this podcast is going to get colourful. Um, but back to the point, he rode ridiculously well, and that's a very good sign of how good he is slash is going to be slash can be. Yeah, absolutely. We, there's no doubt about it. This is this is his rookie year. In his rookie year, he's tenth in the world championship, and he's just won his class in motocross nations. There is no doubt. Watson is a better. What's in rookie like for like, rookie for rookie. Watson has been far better than Olsen, Correct. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. That's, I, I agree. Although they're not actually separated by much in the world championship points wise, Watson's. Olsen's been kind of steady with few lows, but few highs, whereas Watson has had some very big highs, such as winning the MXGP class at the Nations and a couple of crappy results. Leading, like, being second for a couple of laps in Sardinia. Czech Republic running third right with Prado and Geyser for a couple of laps. Oss finishing in the top five. All of those things is what you would typically want from a rookie because, like, oh, we can work with that. The potential is there. But... I get, the, I get the impression that because Coldenough and Sewer are doing so-so and not exactly what they're expected to do, logic is going out the window and we, I don't know who we is there, <laughs> and the higher-ups are looking around going, well, we need to win. What can we do? Well, those two are under contract. What about this third bike? Rather than if Sewer and Coldenough were doing what they were expected to do, podiuming every week, winning GPs, blah, 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 then it would be like, oh, Watson's doing fine. He's doing exactly what he should be doing as a rookie and learning. But instead, expectations are going up because Yamaha needs something. And I'd just like to point out, at this point, in, it's 28th of September, and Watson has delivered Yamaha their only win of 2021. So uh, I want to just sort of swing back on something. So first you say Koldenoff lost it for the Dutch, and now you want to say that he, Koldenoff's the reason why Ben's not getting a ride. No, ben might, ben might be back at Yamaha. We don't know. But I know, I'm just saying, that's kind of how it works in any business, isn't it? You have a bad... I'm here quietly loving life, killing it at my job. You have a bad day, and then suddenly you message me and go, well, what the fuck are you doing? And I'm like, Jesus, James, I'm trying. Like, I think I'm doing all right. That's kind of the same situation. 
The fact that you are now comparing yourself to Ben. If anyone's interested in Ben Watson for 2022, feel free to contact me and I will pass a message along. Brilliant. Can we get on with the show now instead of you becoming a, a rider manager? Well, I have got a rider deal for 2022 already, so what's one more? Mm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, Conrad Muse, that's what I've kind of, you know, I talked about mentality and pressure and all of that. Sure. This is what I've been building to. Conrad Muse puts way too much pressure on himself. I actually feel genuinely sorry for him. What did you see the weekend? No, it's not what I saw. To come up with this. Okay. To come up, yeah. Enlighten us. I ask Conrad a question. Well, no, not even a question. I just say, great day. You've got GB on the podium. Happy days. This, this is amazing. Good, like, great times. And his immediate w- response was, yeah, it was an unreal feeling to be up there. I was disappointed in myself and my performance today. And it's like, Jesus, like, you, you, you played a part in getting GB on the podium. You did fine. Please. And then like, later on, he said... Um, Are you on about his Facebook post? No, I didn't oh. see his Facebook post. What was his Facebook post? It was pretty much the same thing, like, you know... Wish I could have done better sort of thing. He said, uh, I questioned myself today. Like, I did not really help Team GB that much. And it's like, you did. Like, Jesus, like, please see this. Like, yeah. Yeah, like he, and again, I was riding around in the middle of a pack, battling with everyone and thinking to myself, am I actually making a difference for the team? And it's like, Jesus, mate. Like, you are, like, this is kind of a, I feel like this is kind of an insight into maybe what he's gone through in his entire career. And it's not that he's cracking under pressure. It's that he's putting so much pressure on himself that clearly he expects so much of himself that, like, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. Clearly, nothing, like, in his mind, if he, does, if he isn't winning motos, he's letting everyone down, I would say, based on those comments. That's a lot of pressure. crazy. That's a huge crazy. amount of pressure. He needs, he needs to just see that what he's doing is good. And, like, you, he played a part in getting GB on a podium because without that 14, if he hadn't finished 14th in that second moto, and had finished 24th, Russia would have been on the podium. Sorry, MFR would have been on the podium. He did, like, he did that. Like, okay, yeah, Ben did brilliantly. He won the MXGP overall. Simpson did great riding with a torn ligament in his thumb. But Conrad also played his role. Like, and, but it's like he can't see that. And it's like, Jesus, mate, come on. Like, see, if you could see what everyone else is seeing, you'd feel a lot better about this. Yeah. Get me? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I hear you. I hear you. Do you, do you think it's because of the constant expectations that other people put on him? So he, he's kind of listening to those expectations. Um, you know, like, if, if I don't do this, it's not good enough. I don't know. Because I don't think those expectations are there anymore. I don't know. I look online, everybody has an expectation of him. Like, oh, he should be winning. Maybe, maybe this is off the back of the qualifying race. Maybe he did so well in the qualifying race on Saturday that then he's comparing his Sunday results to the qualifying race, but the qualifying race was just against MX2 riders. He was racing 450s. It's like I just said about Rowan. On paper, 14th, he, I'm sure on paper, he's like, I got a 14th, that's shit. That's against 450s. That 14th is actually a fifth in the MX2 class and actually very valuable for a team, whatever that team may be. Yeah. It's, just a, it's, just a, it's just frustrating. Like, well, not frustrating, it's like sad in a way. It's like... Well, look at it this way, right? So, this is one way to look at it. If you're, if you're a British fan and you, you want more from Conrad Muse, look at it this way. He finished higher overall than Van der Moosdijk and Vial. So, if you were going into this weekend and you, want, and, and you were going to say, right, he's going to finish 
higher than Van Moosdijk and higher than VL, you'd go, fucking hell. That's a great result. Yeah. Uh, the Netherlands beat GB. Well, like for like, the GB MX2 rider beat the nut Dutch MX2 rider. So, Conrad, could, Conrad can say, not only did I get the team to third, I did my job with putting us third, uh, second. Like, I beat the Dutch rider. That, like, that's a positive spin to put on it, but instead yeah. he seems to think he let the team down or something. It's crazy. Yeah. But, yeah, it's crazy. But, the qualifying race was really good for him. So that's, he, and he was happy with that. So, yeah, <laughs> that's good. That's good. He had five consec. He had the fastest lap of the right race, five laps in a row, and took ten seconds out of the out. Yeah, that's how good Conrad can be, and that's why teams and everyone through the years has been so frustrated that it's not happened. Because everyone knows that's how good he can be. So that's where the frustration creeps in. Damn you, confidence. <laughs> okay, James, thanks for that. <laughs> I don't really understand the whole MFR situation. Uh, I, I'd probably need to do some research on this as well because... Oh, I uh, thought you'd know. No. Um, but it's something along the lines of... <laughs> it's something along... Sorry. <clears throat> it's something along the lines of the name Russia cannot be used in any sports anywhere. Well, um, I, I kind of thought that maybe they... Uh, maybe Putin was kind of playing around with this and was like, yeah, I don't just want to be known as kind of Russians, so now we're going to have motherfucking Russians. Okay. That's- Brilliant. Thank you for that. But this isn't just a... Mo- like, as far as I know, this is a sport, a global sports thing. You cannot list yourself as Russian or have a Russian... Fl- like, someone was telling me that the, like, they weren't allowed to have Russian flags on their bikes because if they did, the FIM were going to pull them. Wow. So, but I don't understand how that works. Like, why? I don't know the why behind it. But yeah, they weren't allowed to have Russian flags on the bike or graphics or anything. Because they're not Russia, they're MFR. Like, if you look, they didn't have the Russian flag next to them. They had a white flag with MFR written on it. So something, people, a lot of people listening to this will so, know the situation. MFR is Motorcycle Federation, Federation of Russia. Russia. Wait, hold on. There's a Russian driver in F1, I know. Let me see what he's listed on. So in 2020, here we go. Uh, Russia will not be able to use its name its flag and anthem at the next two Olympics or any world championship for the next two years after a ruling Thursday by the Court of Arbitration for Sport. Uh, it's to do with uh, the ban imposed by the World Anti-Doping Agency in a landmark case that accused Russia of state-ordered tampering of testing laboratory database in Moscow. So basically, they're banned from using anything for two years. Ah, yeah. There you go. The Russian driver in Formula One Next to his name under nationality, he has RAF, which is not Royal Air Force. It is Russian Athletics Federation, rather than Russia. Oh, okay. Yeah, we've all gotten smarter on this podcast. There we go. There we go. What a part one that was. I don't. Oh, oh, is that you trying to? Is that you trying to put, put a break on? <laughs> not at all. Not at all. I'm enjoying myself here. No, Russia did really well to get to fourth. I still don't really know how they did it, especially. Not so much from getting fourth. More so, they were five points away from the podium. And their results look for part. Five, five seven, seven, ten, fifteen. Like, yeah, Petrosin finished fifth overall just in front of Conrad. Yeah, he finished 15th straight up in the moto somehow, right behind Conrad, actually, in that one. Yeah. Brylyakov went 7-7 seven, seven in the motos. Like, that's incredible for Brylyakov. He, bare- he rarely scores points in MXGP. Bobashev had a fifth in the moto and a tenth in the other. Again, that's like... 
good for Bob. Like, obviously, that would have been the norm for Bob Chef seven years ago, but that's good for Bob Chef at this point in his career. I don't really know what to put it down to other than they all turned up on the day. But pretty, yeah, yeah. job well done. Pretty phenomenal. Yeah. Great work, uh, MFR. Great work. I asked Vial why he was allowed to race in the Nations this year and why he was allowed to have Red Bull on his hat, and he didn't know the answer. <laughs> That's very diplomatic of him. So we didn't get smarter with that one. Okay. Rara May is in the running for a factory ride on a 450 next year, and the Nations, he was being watched by factory team slash teams at the Nations to see how he did on a 450. And I think he probably did well enough to maybe make him more of a factor in getting that factory seat. But if he gets a factory ride in MXGP over Watson or Flanderin, then I don't know. I might just throw myself off a pit lane. Oh, wow. That's a bit... (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And I think that there could be something coming with Bra Ramey fairly soon. Okay. So watch his space. I'm guessing then he's kind of what happens with him then is going to dictate what's going to happen with some other stuff. Who who would have thought that Buarami would be such a big player? I I thought he'd struggle to get an MXGP ride, let alone grab a factory one. I know he hasn't got a factory ride, and like he's a, he is an option. He is on a short lease. Short lease. <laughs> he is on a short list for a factory team. Put it that way. Okay. Belgium showed up as well. Gee, I thought Belgium were going to win it heading into the last moto. Yeah. Uh, Everett's done well, hey? Look, they all did. Fourth in a moto outright was unreal for Van Donnick. Cyril Janot was really good. How, how um, I'd love to see Janot get a full-time ride next year. Yeah, I'm helping him as well. It, he would be a perfect rider for um, JWR. Funnily enough, I'm working on that. Yep. Yeah. 100%. He'll be a really good ride. Based in Belgium, teams based in Belgium. There you go. Yeah, I had a talk with him after the race and um, he said that if I can help him with anything, it'd be much appreciated. So I'm, 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 I'm going to work on that one now. Turns out, so, do you know DNF for final race? Because in a rut, he knocked the clutch lever with his knee and that snapped it. Really? Yeah, like, you know, obviously in a rut, like really deep, yeah. your legs up high. Yeah. He knocked the clutch lever with his kneecap and it snapped. That's a strong old knee he's got. Never heard of that happening in motocross ever. Ever, <laughs> ever, ever. Ever, ever, like, ever. How hard must his knee have hit that to snap it? Bloody hell. Yeah. Like, I, I, if, I took a, if I went up to a bike now and tried absolutely my hardest to snap the clutch lever off with my knee, I don't think I'd be able to do it. Yeah, that's insane. That, that's crazy. But he's... Between his rides at Lommel and now the Nations and stuff, he has had a good debut season on a 450. You could say a stock is rising, but we've seen that in Lommel in the MX2 last year. You know, I, was a, I think I had a bet on with you, didn't I, for the whole of last year um, about that. He would finish top 10 and you were like, nah, 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 nah. So in a way, we could say I was the original, you know, and it looks like you've just come along and tried to snatch it. Uh, so you've just tried to commandeer the bandwagon. I'm just a nice guy. Ah, you're just an asshole. Wow. Yeah. That's escalated quickly. Yeah. Just coming along. You just want to control all the, all the wagons, don't you? No. You're like the wagon keeper. I don't know if you know this, James, but I'm a really nice guy. 
<laughs> yeah, ask Glenn how nice. There's gonna, I tell you what, that, that wagon, it, it, that's like a death wagon for you. No, actually, I want to go back because you've made a bigger deal out of this again. When I said Coldenoff's fifteenth was the, was the deciding factor. Oh, for the Netherlands. Oh, are you because go, you go into the DIY shop to get yourself a bigger spade to, to dig a big no. hole. No, listen. How is this the wrong thing to say? Cold, if Coldenoff, if he hadn't crashed in the first corner, he is not finishing fifteenth. No, hundred percent, not a chance. He is going to be top six at worst. I'm not contributing so, to this conversation now because so I don't want him, to be... Him, him crashing was a, in the first corner was a pivotal point for the Netherlands. I get on very well with Glenn. I really like Glenn. Yeah, but I don't know We're how friends. this is a bad... I don't know how this is a bad thing to say. Him crashing in the first corner was a pivotal point for the Netherlands. Like I, I said... on my mic. Glenn, a Glenn, point. <laughs> Glenn and myself are friends. We talk. And... and, and you know what? We're nice Everyone did. You know what? Everyone did well. Well done, everyone. You all did amazing. I'm really proud of all of you. I'd like to congratulate Morocco. You didn't make it this year, but bloody hell, you did great. See you next year. Slovakia, ah, just missed out. Well done. You did great. You've got my support. South Africa, well done. You've got my support. Greece, keep smashing those plates. You've got my support. Like, <laughs> that what? what do you want from me? Nothing, nothing, no. We're, we're fine over here, Glenn and myself. Okay. Guido did really well. Second in a moto, definitely unexpected. Yeah. Similar with Tonus. Great fourth in a moto. No one saw that coming. If only Sua hadn't fucked him over. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now that's funny. <laughs> see? Because some riders can see the funny side. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to say that to him. Literally. I have, like many times. <laughs> oh, this is brilliant. I said it in, I interviewed Ben after the race and I said, and I said to Ben, are you happy you raced here? And I was like, yeah, you've come here and showed up for Team GB, whereas other riders like Jeremy have fucked their countries over. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so good. Rene Hoffer. I have no idea what's, actually, no, I do have an idea. So Turkey, Rene Hoffer was really good, led laps, looked for par as a podium guy. He struggles in the sand. Sardinia, he was amazing comparatively to Lommel, really good. Then he goes out, wins the MX2 class at the Nations, finishes third outright in a moto, and shadows hurlings for a couple of laps. Did some digging. I believe he may have got a little push from KTM. What do you mean, a little push? Just a little. A little maybe up, we can do more. A little upgrade? No. Oh. Just a little, maybe we can do a bit more here. Oh. Oh. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. But he is really good at the moment. Really good. And you know what? Maybe even podiums this weekend for the first time in MX2. Just had that little nudge to um, maybe now's a good time. Maybe, yeah. I just think, I just think he's doing really well right now. Um, Denmark had the makings to be a top five team, especially after Olsen won a moto. Somehow with a really good team... And Olsen winning a moto, they ended, only ended up 10th. That's kind of a mystery. But they, if you look at Olsen, Harrop, Bodam is a stronger team than Bobrashev, Petrosin, Brylyakov. Like, they could have been. Olsen, Harrop, Bodam is arguably just as strong a team as Watson, Mew, Simpson. Yeah, agreed. But they just had, apart from Olsen's win, nothing kind of went right. And there were crashes and there was everything. Well, so. Har Harrop had a 26-17. I think he was lying down for the, most of the first race. No, Harrop had a 17-26. Is that what I just said? So you said 26 
You actually said it the other way, 2617. I thought you said 2627. No, I said 2617. It was because you said it the other way. 17. Yeah, it's because you said it the other way. You conf- you you um baff- you uh, baffled you, yeah. <laughs> baffled my brain. Finland did well coming out of the B final to finish 12th. That's quite impressive. Lithuania did well. 13th is a big result for them considering Jazakonis just wanted them to qualify. Canada is another team that could have done better and at points were very impressive. I hear Dylan Wright is talking to a couple of MXGP teams now. Just because of that performance? Hmm. I think even for the rest of this year. Sorry, I just threw my pen. Wow. Uh, can, you, can you let on who? No, because I don't actually know. Oh, okay. <laughs> look at, look um, at you not knowing something. Wow. <laughs> I just know that I've heard that there are talks. Oh, wow. Um, I mean, what spaces are there? I don't know. Well, filling rides, I guess. Yeah, but who's, who'd, who's I don't that? I Well, off the top of my head, Evans Honda's there and Monticelli's Kawasaki's there. Ooh. Okay, yeah. That's, That's two, 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 two decent bikes. ones, yeah. Two bikes and two teams that maybe need another, need another horse in the race as this championship gets down to the dire moments and they need another... They just need a supporting role out there. Oh, I like that. I like that idea. Mm-hmm. Jacob Piccolo is another one who uh, I think caught some attention from some teams. Mm. So... Yeah. Joe Canada. Carlos Sabulis. Yeah, he was impressive. Probably the most impressive rider of the nations for some reason. I don't even know where yeah, that came def- from. Definitely, um, definitely my rider of the nations. Just, just consistent. Boutron, he stepped up for Spain. But realistically, what was Spain ever going to do without Prado and Fernandez? So there's that. Bulgaria sent a team to the nations for the first time ever. Who knew? Really? Yeah, I was, <laughs> I was so confused when I got told that. Yeah. And my source was Petrov, so quite a good source. Like, Wow. Yeah, I could have like, I would have sworn that Petrov's done a Nations before, but I guess not. I can't believe that's their first one. Petrov said he's begged them every single year to do the Nations. But for some reason, this year, they decided to do it. And Petrov obviously broke his back uh, June sort of time. He's been on a bike four times before the Nations. That's it. But obviously, he showed up because he's been begging, he's been begging Bulgaria to do the Nations for years. And he's not going to miss it. So, um, yeah. He was a little worse for wear. Sweden, another team that could have been really strong. They're two riders that competed 8, 10, 14, 16. That's a very like, that's a good start. Usland broke his collarbone, I think, um, in practice. So if he had, if Usland had gone out there, if, wait, hold on, let me, hold on. Let me get my calculator out. God, now it's getting serious. So if Usland had gone out and finished, okay. If Usland had gone out and finished kind of well, Sweden would have definitely been in the top five, probably the top four. But instead, they're not. No. And finally, South Africa. I wanted to give a shout out to South Africa because Camden McLellan impressed me. BMX 250 rider, yeah. He impressed me quite a lot. Yeah. Yeah, he's got a, he's got a bright future, I think. Yeah. Agreed. I'm, I'm glad you... That's... Very strange for you to pull something out. Like that. Wow. Well, there weren't much going on, so I had a lot of time to just. Yeah. Watch. No, I think I think the kid's got a bright future. But that is a kind of a lesser talks about point. Even in a good year, the nations isn't as deep as an AMA national or a GP. So there are opportunities for riders to get attention that they wouldn't otherwise. I.e., Watson winning MXGP. Petroshin turning it like you know. It's, no, it's, I agree. It's a it's a great way of putting yourself in the shop window for for people to see. 
It's, what more could you want? So it's a worldwide, you know, it, it gets worldwide attraction. Mm-hmm. Break, I guess. I don't even know how long we've been going for. <laughs> a year? About three hours. Okay, that's part one of the MXY show presented by Fly Racing. Fly Racing has redefined expectations in safety and performance with a Formula helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring Rion technology, conehead EBS, and a 12K carbon shell, the Formula's advanced impact system, that's AIS, introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1290 grams, we believe the formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the formula helmet has changed the game. Head to flyracing.com, check out the formula helmets for different editions of the formula helmet, as well as the, 20, as well as the 2022 range of gear. Uh, obviously, JT commentated on MXGP TV over the weekend and in Sardinia last weekend, so you would have heard a lot from him. And there are exciting things to come from Fly Racing in the next year or so. So, um, yeah, jump on the Fly Racing wagon now and start with a Formula helmet. Why don't you? Um, and of course, we would like to thank Fly Racing, Liat, Planet Motor Holidays, Props Racing Parts, Technical Touch, KYB, Even Strokes, MXGP TV, Backyard Design UK, Asterix Knee Braces, and Armour Nutrition. We will be back in two minutes or so. See you then. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Known for producing the world's most effective neck braces, Liat continues to evolve and can now protect riders from head to toe. No matter whether it is their new for 2021 4.5 boot, which offers advanced technology at a mid-range price point, or the all-new 7.5 helmet that comes with free Liat bulletproof velocity goggles, Liat has you covered. Shop Liat's extensive line of off-road gear on www.liat.com. Prox Racing Parts supply genuine replacement products which meet or even exceed OEM quality. All parts are manufactured to highest quality standard at state-of-the-art manufacturing facilities around the world. Hence why everything that Prox Racing Parts offer exceeds the high-level requirements that all motocross riders require. Many of Prox's parts are actually made by the same suppliers to the OEMs. Head to pro-x.com now to learn more. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Even Strokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at evenstrokes.com. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. Fly Racing has redefined expectations in safety and performance with the Formula Helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula Helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring Rayon technology, Conehead EPS, and a 12K carbon shell, the Formula's Advanced Impact System, AIS, introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1,290 grams, we believe the formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the formula helmet has changed the game. The MX Vice Show. Welcome back to episode 84 of the MX Vice Show podcast, episode Jeffrey Hurlings, you could say. We're back after a little break, uh, coming up with your Liat Ask Vice Anything questions. But before we get there, I'd just like to thank Fly Racing, Liat, Planet Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, KYB, Even Strokes, MXGP TV, Backyard Design UK, Asterix Knee Braces, and Armour Nutrition. Part two of the MX Vice Show is presented to you by Technical Touch. With an air oil separated closed cartridge design that is well known in the MX world, the KYB factory kit suspension from our friends at Technical Touch was perfected on one of the toughest tracks in the MXGP series. 
you too can experience the best in suspension, like Jeremy Sewer and MXGP winner at the Motocross of Nations, Ben Watson, and close to home too. Visit technical-touch.com slash KYB slash authorized with a Z hyphen dealer. Did I say KYB hyphen authorized hyphen dealer to find an authorized KYB by Technical Touch dealer in your country. Take your ride to the next level. And if you're wondering what authorized dealers are around and available to you as people of planet Earth, there are two in the United Kingdom. Where, Lewis? Oh. There's Moto 33 race suspension. Oh, Ian Bailey, good guy. There's RSS Limited. Ah, Mark Rothwell, yeah, very good. There are four in France. There is one in Belgium. There is one in the Netherlands. There is one in... Ger- no, is that two? No, there's one in Germany, one in Denmark. Two in Sweden. One in Finland. One in Estonia. One in Lithuania. One in Poland. One in Austria. One in Italy. One in... Gr- two in Greece, in fact. Two in Spain. Three in Spain, in fact. What I'm trying to get out here is you can get factory suspension for your bike, no matter what it is, very, very easily. So what you're going to want to do is visit that link. That is technical-touch.com slash KYB-authorized-dealer. Find the closest authorized dealer to your location. Head on down there with your motorcycle and you will receive the very best in suspension as easy as that. So James, enjoying the show? Yeah, loving it. And how was the nations for you? Uh, brilliant, yeah, yeah. Uh, and how was Sardinia for you? in time, yeah, Sardinia, lovely, yeah, beautiful. Did you enjoy your holiday? No, it didn't. And how was Stansted Airport? Oh, fuck off, Lewis. How was Bristol Airport? Fuck off, Lewis. Okay. So aggressive. Leah, ask us anything time? Let's do yes. it. Yeah. Okay, brilliant. I'm, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I want questions. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. Known for producing the world's most effective neck braces, Liat continue to evolve and can now protect riders from head to toe. No matter whether it's their new for 2021 4.5 boot, which offers advanced technology at a mid-range price point, or the all-new 7.5 helmet with 360 turbine technology, or the bulletproof velocity goggles, or the all-new 2022 range of gear that was released at the beginning of the month. If you listened to the previous episode of the podcast, you would have heard us run through that stuff and everything that's available. But what you're going to want to do is head to liat.com, shop their extensive line of off-road gear, check out the 3.5 ride kit, new for 2022, the 4.5 enduro jersey and pant, new for 2022, the 5.5 jersey and pant, the 4.5 jersey and pant. Check out everything that Liat has going on for 2022. There's something for everyone at liat.com. So, James. So, Lewis. A lot of questions this week, many of them about Lupino, but I feel like we've spoken about that. Okay. So... Scrub that one then. Oh, yeah. So that's about Lupino. That's about Lupino. That's about Lupino. <laughs> at E underscore Burkis 94. Three most impressive riders at the Motocross of Nations. Three most impressive, I would say. Sabulis is definitely there um, in that top three. I would say Sabulis, Watson, and. Erlins. Yeah, I, I was going to say the same, but I have a short list of four, which is Sabulis, Watson, Hurlings, Guadagnini. I just don't know who I would drop from that four to make it three. Well, well my fourth one would be Bry Lyakov. 
Uh, my fifth one would be Petrosin. Yeah, true. Actually, and Hoffer. You know what? I want to say Hurlings because Hurlings won the motos. He lapped up to 13th in the last moto. Like, yeah. that's, that's something. Yeah, just because the expectation there, you can't get away from he dominated. Yeah. But in this occasion, he gets a lot of love, so I'll remove him. Watson, Hoffer, Sabulis. Yes. Yeah. And then I'd almost go Janot as well. This is what I mean. Uh, the Nations is a great way to put yourself in the shop window because you kind of notice more people. Because instead of battling for 13th, 4th, 13th, like you are on MXGP, you're battling for 13th, which impacts so much that you're forced to pay attention and realize what these riders are doing, you know? Yeah. No, I agree. I agree as well, James. Look at us all being friends here. Lupino, Lupino, Lupino. Oh, this is harsh. Henkian Lois, James and LP, how was your weekend at Mantova? <laughs> Uh, so basically uh, you're just putting the knife in again by being your Dutch uh, alter ego I actually someone told me at the weekend who Hank Jan Lois is who is it I believe he's involved in the Zwart Cross ah cool and I am not so it's not me hmm. true uh, he also said, which fans were the drunkest at the races? I'd probably go with Sweden because they were the only ones who really made it feel like a nation. So, big up the Swedes, I guess. At Backyard Racing 37, what to say about Arnotonis and Valentin Guillo's performances in their first races? Whole shot to fourth and whole shot to second. So, how much weight do you put in those results? Uh, I don't know. I, you know, because only a week ago... Because it's in... harsh to say none. Yeah, but only a week ago is Sardinia, so... And that was a GP, so... Well, what do you do with this? It is, it is a one-off event, and they, and they rose to the occasion for their country. Uh, however, are they going to carry that form on to Germany? I guess you'd say the best way to sum it up is very impressive ride. Does it mean anything going forward? I'm not sure. I said it before, and you dismissed it, but I do believe that um, people can take confidence from those results and and, and oh, I, yeah, think, 100%. I think that confidence will translate over into the next gp uh and and again it's it's a good springboard for for the end part of the season to strengthen their grips on on getting a better ride and so on so i think i think it does help i, I really do but it all depends on uh, what riders uh carry on you know the good form in a way it's kind of like well, actually, I've just proved to myself that I can ride against the same riders in GP and I've got this. That's got to mm. be the mentality they've got to think about. Mm. At Braden underscore 212. What's it going to take to get a Canadian GP? Funny that you never hear of Canada being an option. I'd love a Canadian GP. Yeah, same. I'd quite, Canada's on my list. Yeah. Australia and Canada are my two countries that I've never been to that I want to go to. Yeah, me too. I really want to go. Yeah, funny enough, yeah, Canada and Australia, I've never been. So I, I really want to go to Canada. Oh, let's go together. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's weird. Canada's never been discussed. But then to go to Canada, you almost need an American GP because then it would make sense because you can go... USGP one week, Canada the next week. Yeah, and that, then it's like that would be epic. That would be sense so for good. the industry because you're never going to go just for one GP in Canada because that's pointless. Yeah, the frustrating thing is it'll probably never happen. But it no, it won't. Be I don't so think good. Canadian GP will ever happen. Yeah, it'd be so good. 
at jhenning underscore 21, why Redbud MXON again in 2022 instead of a different USMX track? Uh, there's nothing wrong. Can I answer this one? I think there's nothing wrong with it being at Redbud. The track is absolutely phenomenal. If you've been there, then I feel like we were cheated because of the weather. So to, in order to be, like, to be able to go back and rerun this, and hopefully the weather is going to be good, is going to be freaking awesome. It, it will be like another nation's at the same place, but better. I think, um, yeah, and I think in front feel the same. I feel like they are, I feel like they were appreciative and respected the work that went in from Redbud last time and feel like they didn't get a fair shot at it because of the weather. 100%. So they're giving them another go. But places like Millville, places like Iron Man would be cool for a nation's, but it's Redbud and before we move on somewhere else, I'd like to see a dry Red Bud Nations. Yeah, and, and when you go there and you see the track, you see the facilities, uh, the amount of people, honestly, it, you couldn't pick a better... I don't think you could pick a better place for a Nations than Red Bud. What will happen next year if you miss your flight to Red Bud? Oh, f- uh, actually, I nearly, I nearly done a Lewis and said I'll kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, actually, uh, Mrs. Burfield uh, will be going to the Nations next year. So she, oh, we won't be seeing much of you then. Yeah, she actually watched race one the weekend. You know, my wife is not really into motocross, but... Um, uh, she probably did it because she was worried about your mental <laughs> state of being there. I think she was. But yeah, she turned around and said, uh, I, I'm coming next year if it's in America, Red Bud, I'm, I'm there. So I was like, oh, cool, okay. So that'll be you in VIP all weekend then? Uh, yes, because uh, she doesn't <laughs> go any other way. <laughs> hey, we will expect to not see you. <laughs> No, it, it'd be. Uh, I, I'm. I'm really excited. I know a lot. A lot of people are as well. I said it. I said it to a few people this weekend. I don't think in front even know what they're getting themselves into with the nations next year. What What do you mean? I think it's going to be absolutely massive. Oh, and I, th- I think. I don't think. I don't think anyone is ready for the size of what it's going to be. Because look, I look at it this way: everyone who was there in 2018 is going to want to go again because they all had an amazing time in 2018, but they also want another go at it in the drive. Yeah. So that's, all of those people are coming back, I would believe. Secondly, all the people that didn't go in 2018 and thought, ah, I wish I'd gone, that looked good. They're coming. Yeah. Thirdly, all the people that have been starved of motocross in the last two years are now going to be like, well, we'll just wait for the nations next year because that's going to be good. I think it's going to be huge. I think it's going to be too big. I think there's going to be so many people going there, but it's going to be carnage. Yeah, agreed. I, I think everybody who... Because the amount of people... I wasn't the only person uh, who missed the Nations. There's a lot of people who have been to Nations every year and missed this one. So they're not going to be missing out on next year. 100%. going to be good. Cannot wait. At Throttle underscore media underscore productions, are you bringing back the full-length YouTube edits? I really miss them, crying emoji. Oh, didn't we just talk about that? No. Oh, sorry. I thought you were on about this show as a YouTuber. Actually, the MX Vice edits. Yeah. Uh, well, two things at play here. One, it's kind of impossible at the moment with a one-day format because there isn't enough riding time to actually get enough stuff to fill a full-blown YouTube edit. Slash, the schedule is so compact that there's not enough time to turn things around kind of thing. So once things get back to normal, they will come back. Yes. And there are actually plans next year. There are actually plans next year like already for some variation of that. And not, not on my end either of like other people. Then that makes sense. So yeah, they will be back. It's just a COVID thing. It's a COVID thing. Like it's just like it's hard 
to do everything you would normally do in COVID when the schedule is so, so, so tight and there's only one day of racing because going back to two days at the Nations made me realize how short one day is. The, the other thing to add uh, uh, a little curveball in there is um, we, we rely on advertising money and content marketing to um, drive MX5 forward, as in financially. So we have to uh, take work on from other companies in order to, to produce their videos. So um, unfortunately, our MX Vice uh, edits um, are second because we need money to pay wages and get to the GPs. But there is a series coming out on the MX Vice YouTube channel. That's why it's been less this year because we've been working on a series. So it's like, uh, just another variation. So it is what it is. Yeah. Next question. Thanks for the questions, everyone. A lot of you not getting screwed over because we already talked about Lupino, but sorry. Kyle... Dot Scott, dot 55. How do you think South Africa did at the Motocross of Nations? It wasn't a great performance, was it? I... No, overall, but they were missing a rider. So They could have brought Neville Bradshaw back. I think they actually did. Okay, the results aren't there at all. Away from the results, I thought the actual riding, Tristan Purden whole-shotted the uh, the open qualifier on Sunday, stuff like that. I thought the actual riding was quite good. Just it absolutely turned out to be a disaster in the results. But using the eye test, it was actually quite all right. Like worthwhile them coming. I didn't think it was a disaster by any means. Yeah. So, yeah, they, they qualified 16th. That's no, I don't feel like that's a joke for South Africa. Like I feel like if they can breeze into the A final, absolutely no stress and happy days. Yeah. Don't you? Yeah, yeah. They need to be in the A final, yeah. Sorry, the A phone. I need to be qualifying in the, in the A group, yeah. At Tristan Botterham, is there anything track layout-wise you would have liked to have changed? The thing is, there isn't anything you can change at Mantova because it's such a compact venue that you can only make little nips and tucks. I think the old Mantova layout was better. I do. But it still wouldn't have been great for a nation. On to Redbud. Redbud. Thank you, Mantova, for having us. Yeah. On to Redbud. At Phil Mallins. Hey, Phil. Any news on the 2022 calendar? It was said by in front that the plan is to start in February, end in September, as per usual, and the plan is to go back to the two-day format. Thank goodness. What? That we're going back to normal. Well, I think that was the plan this year as well. So, (laughs) Hmm. I think that's, yeah, so Hmm. we'll see. No, the the 2022 calendar isn't going to come out I wouldn't imagine until after the final round because we're just trying to survive this calendar at the moment. Who knows? There may even need to be another change to this calendar, let alone next year's. When it does come out, I imagine next year's calendar will look a lot like this year's calendar did to begin with, with a load of flyaway races, China, all of that stuff mixed in for good measure. But we will see when it comes out, but I wouldn't expect to see it any time soon. At little Chris, little Chris Cam, I'm fully aboard the Watson train. It's a wagon, but train is also uh, acceptable terminology. Do you think after this weekend's performance, it will give him that lift to push on and challenge the top five? I think he is going in a good way at the moment. I've just dropped my mic on me. <laughs> I thought you fell off your, de- I you fell no. off your chair then. <laughs> my mic fell on me and I was like, oh. oh, great. If you add in Sardinia and the Nations, he was challenging the top five at Sardinia. So I don't know what, I don't know if I'd put Germany down as a great place for him, but it should be quite, if it's quite techy, it'll be quite good for him. 
I look for Ben to be a solid top 10 to top 5 guy for the rest of the year. Yeah, I think he, I think he will. I think hopefully he'll get that. I'd love to see him get a podium. You never know. Um, oh, I'd love here's a, here's a little question for you from James Burfield. Who was more pleased to see your return? Was it Piney, your mum, or Dougie, the dog? I don't even know what you're on about. Because you, you, you were away for a month. So Tosh for Dawson, 25. Is Dougie still there? Conrad, I'm not amused once again. Can we please have your honest and non-biased opinion? Talented for sure, but mentally all over the place. One of the most inconsistent, two inside gate picks that even James Burfield could have got a top 10 start from. I'm not impressed. Ah, I think he was corrected because, uh, was it one or first or second one wasn't an inside, was it? My microphone is literally no longer standing up and I've got to change. <laughs> like the stand has broken, but I haven't changed anything to it. Uh, yeah, so first moto, the inside gate pick went to Ben. Yeah. So Comrade was effectively, he wasn't going to be able to do much from 24th gate pick. Obviously, no surprises there. So yeah, he didn't have the inside gate pick both times. Interesting decision to put Ben on the inside, but the idea was there, similar to the Netherlands, let him get a start and let him put a good result on the board. Yeah. Which doesn't sound like that bad an idea, but I believe that Ben could have got a good start from 24th gate pick. Then again, if he was out there, maybe he would have crashed with Crowley and Koldenhoff. Yeah, you so never know. You never know. If ifs and buts were candy and nuts, then... Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Where you get these things, I do not know. But carry on. At Chris United 93. Also, Tosh Paul Dawson. That's quite harsh on Conrad. He did his bit. He was 14th in the motor. There's nothing wrong with that. And, and the other thing is, I was, I was kind of thinking about this as well. In, we, we don't have another MX2 rider who could have came in and done any better. Well, you can. I would. Dropping Ben to a 250 would have been the next best option. But, but then we, we got 450. <laughs> Who's better than Ben on a 450 well, currently? You're, you're weakening whatever you do. Just an idea. 2022. Max on his good bike. Ben on a Star Yamaha 250. Dean on a factory Husqvarna. Decent. That's, that is a bloody good team. If they're all firing all cylinders, healthy, blah, 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 that is a bloody good team. Yeah. But not to discredit, like, Comrade would fit into that team quite nicely as well. Yeah. So. Hey, we still got third. At Chris United 93, he seems to be better off in a small team. Would Comrade be a chance for a factory team for his last MX2 campaign, considering his obvious talent? Comrade has a contract with Hitachi KTM fueled by Milwaukee for next year. So even if something came up, he wouldn't be going anywhere anyway. But I think Comrade's card is a little marked by the factory teams at this point. Yeah. Um, but also, no factory team is going to sign an MX2 rider when they've got one year left because that's just not good business sense. They'd rather develop a talent for the future a la Mattia Guadagnini. Yeah, I think, I think Comrade's putting in what he needs to put in for the rest of the year. Yeah. And then next year, it's all about doing as much as he can to get that good ride in MX, MXGP. And um, I think he'll excel on a 450. You think he will excel on a 450? Yeah, I do. I do. Well, that is quite a statement. And we'll find out in not too long. Give it exactly. 
Give it. For 16 months. Yeah. You can stamp that right here. At Christian 1993, who is the favorite for the second factory Kawasaki seat next to Fevra, or is it already done? Is it Calvin as deserved? It's not already done 100%, but I would say Calvin is the favorite, yes. And as I say, Ben and Calvin both deserve factory rides, so as long as it's one of them, then it's at least it's deserve, it's a deserving deal. Do you want to take a question about Ireland? Uh, if I have to. Okay. <laughs> At Coley243, considering how many Irish fans spend their hard-earned money to support the team at the Nations, do you agree it's shameful for the MCUI not to send the three fastest riders so we have the best chance of qualifying? Yeah, from what, from what I, I, I gather, it's, it, that's a, tr- a tricky old situation. I don't think it's uh, something I really want to comment on. Um, just because I don't think it's so straightforward. Um, I think it's a real shame that Martin was was left at home. Uh, I would like to have seen uh, Stewie, Martin, and Jason Mirror, but that's just my preference. Uh, no disrespect to to Sheridan, um, but I think those those are the three riders which I think could have made it to the A final. I actually think, given um, the situation at the weekend, they missed out on, on one of their best results. You could say that about a lot of countries, right? You could, but um, I think that was a selection. That wasn't a rider saying... Martin Barr didn't come out and say he didn't want to ride for his country, where other countries were limited to what riders they could use because a lot of people pulled out. What I'm saying is that he actually wanted to ride, um, and I feel that if they went with Edmonds, um, Barr and Mira, who who are the the strongest based on results this year. I think the three of those guys, and the experience as well, um, with, with Barr, was it, I don't know, nine, ten times he must have represented his country now. You know, he knows exactly what's coming. Uh, but, hey, let's just hope that, um, you know, going with the team they have, Jake Sheridan's uh, learned a lot from the nations. It puts him in good stead for, for, you know, going forward. I guess if you're Irish, you, you need to get behind your team. You know, we're... Uh, all our organizations and, and people con- you know, constantly make us uh, frustrated with their decisions. Um, but at the end of the day, you're proud to support your country. And as frustrating as is the, the politics and uh, the, the people are behind the scenes, you, you just got to keep, keep supporting your country. Okay. Last question. At Anderson Podcast. Outside of Redbud, what is the next USA track to get the MXON? Uh, I really liked Bud's Creek was a great track, and I liked Thunder Valley as well. That was that was awesome for the nations. You'll be a better expert on this than than me. Does what are your thoughts? I'd like to see Iron Man do it. Okay, yeah, that'd be a really good track for the nations. Yeah, I feel like that'd be quite even. Like, I feel like that'd be quite an even track for everyone. What about something like Southwick? No, too small. Okay. At this point, I'll just just give us just put it at Glen Helen. At least we'll have sunshine. <laughs> yeah, Glen- for all Glen Helen's faults, it's got one thing going for it, and at least it's got good weather. So maybe if if Redbud turns out to be rain, maybe the next year we go to Glen Helen just so we can all have confidence that it's going to be dry. Yeah, but hopefully Redbud will be sunny because when we got there on Friday. It was Thursday. Thursday was an amazing day. Was it Thursday, which was, it was just yeah. like we walked into a golf course. Someone had literally just put a motocross track on a golf course. It was unreal. But the grass was literally like, 
must have been like, I don't know, two centimeters in length or cut. It was phenomenal. I've got, I was going through photos, like reminiscing in, in literally, I've got, you got the, the US flag with just blue skies. It was, you couldn't have got any, like no one foreseen what was coming, apart from the weatherman. Indeed. That's it. For Liat, ask us anything. Sorry if you had a question didn't get asked, but obviously we covered the Lupino things, so the 35-odd questions that were about Lupino. We covered it, so sorry about that. That segment was presented to you by Liat, of course. Known for producing the world's most effective neck braces, Liat continues to evolve and can now protect riders from head to toe. No matter whether it's their new 2021 4.5 boot, which offers advanced technology at a mid-range price point, of an all-new 7.5 helmet with 360 turbine technology, which also comes with free bulletproof velocity goggles, Liat has you covered. Also, check out the new line of 2022 gear, which dropped at the beginning of the month. Something for everyone there, motocross, enduro, cost-effective, high-level, anything. Anything you want, liat.com has you covered. So hit liat.com, find out what's going on with those guys for 2022. More news to come soon. And yeah, you'll probably be surprised by the... uh, Amount of variety in products at liat.com. Go to a break, James? Yep, let's do a break. Okay, well, before we do that, I must remind everyone that part two of the MX5 show was presented to you by Technical Touch. With an air-oil-separated closed cartridge design that is well-known in the MX world, the KYB factory kit suspension from our friends at Technical Touch was perfected on one of the toughest tracks in the MXGP series. You too can experience the best in suspension, like Jeremy Suru and Ben Watson, and close to home too. Visit technical-touch.com slash KYB-authorized-dealer to find an authorized KYB by Technical Touch dealer in your country. Take your ride to the next level. That's it for part two. We'll be back with part three. Stick around. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Evenstrokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at Evenstrokes.com. Known for producing the world's most effective neck braces, Liat continues to evolve and can now protect riders from head to toe. No matter whether it is their new for 2021 4.5 boot, which offers advanced technology at a mid-range price point, or the all-new 7.5 helmet that comes with free Liat bulletproof velocity goggles, Liat has you covered. Shop Liat's extensive line of off-road gear on www.liat.com. For over 60 years, Blenzel Racing Caster has been the secret choice for many championship-winning riders and engine builders. From top tuners like Terry Varner and factory-level riders like Michael Essie, who won the 2020 two-stroke world championship using Blenzel, nothing out-lubricates or outperforms Blenzel's full line of caster-based two-stroke oil. From the original green label racing caster to the 455 Ultra or the versatile gold label, Blenzel has you covered. To learn more about Blenzel's rich heritage or to shop Blenzel's full line of 2T and 4T racing lubricants, visit Blenzel.com and follow them at Blenzel on Instagram. Instagram. The MX Vice Show. Welcome back to the final part of the MX Vice Show podcast, episode 84. We're back after James screwed us all over by failing to get on a flight and effectively domino affecting the entire world, including this podcast. But we've overcome James's tardiness to deliver you episode 84. And this is part three. And part three is presented by Prox. Racing parts who supply genuine replacement products which meet or even exceed OEM quality. All parts are manufactured to highest quality standard at state-of-the-art manufacturing facilities around the world. Hence why everything that Prox Racing Parts offer 
exceeds the highest level requirements that all motocross riders require. Many of the Prox parts are actually made by the same suppliers to the OEMs. Head to pro-x.com now to learn more. Any bike, any year, any CC, Prox has parts for you. Hence the name Prox Racing Parts. At the Nations, you would have seen Simpson land on the podium with his Prox Racing Parts. And what's the deal with Simpson? Well, he's a privateer trying to bridge the gap to factory teams. So what did he do? He chose Prox. And when did he need Prox? During the gnarliest mud race of the year. And guess what? No issues over at Sean Simpson's camp. Bike ran like a dream. And he's got Prox to thanks for that. Henry Jacoby used Prox. He led the open qualifying race briefly for Germany on Saturday. So another evidence of the um, quality of the Prox performance part. Or proof. Proof. Or proof. So yeah, head to pro-x.com now to find products for your bike. And if you could all do me a favor and just head to prox, pro, P-R-O-X underscore racing underscore parts on Instagram and hit the follow button, then that would be just great. It doesn't cost you anything to hit the follow button. So just do that one for me and I'd appreciate it. Thank you very much. So we didn't do a podcast after Sardinia. We didn't, no. Which was your fault, and it also caused us to miss the biggest week of MXGP. Brilliant. Uh, any more good news you're going you're to bring for me? So Crowley retired, and guys who broke his collarbone. Yep. Uh, can, I, can I just... I got a bit of a grind in my gears with the whole... Why... What... Just... just why did oh. they not communicate oh. the guys a thing? Why is it, again, this whole thing of shrouded in mystery? Like... Any other sport, someone's broken arm, someone's broken their leg, someone's done this, someone's done that, communicated. Motocross is, ooh, don't tell anybody. It's not hush-hush. It was not hush-hush, as I was told. But was not communicated. Despite HRC releasing a pre-event press release that said guys is excited to go racing in Sardinia and has had two good weeks of training. But it it wasn't hidden, no? No. Wait, what do you mean? Well, it wasn't communicated. No, exactly. They released a pre-event press release that said, guys, is, had too good, is, is excited to go racing in Sardinia, blah, blah, blah. Everything's great. Loving life. Let's go to Sardinia and have some fun kind of thing. But no mention of, oh, I, by the way, I also broke my collarbone a week ago. But it's, it's why? why? Why does this happen? It, it's so annoying. A good what? way of doing it would have been to get ahead of it early on. Yeah. Because honestly, I think they've missed... A massive fucking opportunity here, right? Because let's just, let's just put these two athletes on the thing, right? So Geyser and Hurlins, right? So all Geyser had to do is like Hurlins is very, very good at being injured and then coming back. And it's, oh my God, Hurlins is such a, you know, what an athlete. He's sort of coming back. Like no one knew Geyser was injured. It was maybe, he might be injured, he might be not. But when the pictures came out of like he had cupping and all his body, bodies covered in fucking cupping, and that's the massive scar on this thing, right? Run that shit. Whoever's doing your PR, whoever's doing your, your marketing or, or whatever, fucking wake up over at HRC because there is a God-given chance there, an amazing opportunity to literally propel Geyser into every motocross fan's mind of what a fucking hero, what a warrior. Because if those pictures had come out and he was then going to attempt to ride, everybody would have been like, oh my God, Geyser's amazing. Like, you know, he got whatever, it, it, Sardinia, what a fucking hero. Da, 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 da. But what do they do? Nothing. I didn't get it. Sorry, that's my rant, but it p- pissed me off. What are you talking about, Willis? 
Do you not agree? Mm. No, yeah, yeah, I don't care that much. But I know yeah. you don't care, but they just missed a great opportunity to to um, to make guys the hero, storytelling, getting fans invested. Fucking wasted. Wow. So, yeah, guys are salvaged some points in in uh, Sardinia, and that was enough to well not save the red plate, but he's only one point behind, so he kept himself in it and minimised the damage, that's for sure. Looks like he's back on a bike. He's definitely riding midweek again now, so he's obviously made steps forward. I expect him to be back in the mix for the win slash podium this weekend in Germany. True? Yeah. In your mind? Uh, uh, win? No. Win podium? Top five. So you don't think he'll be back to his best? No. Hmm. No. Nah, top five. I'll tell you who, who I am a bit down on now, which may surprise you because I've kind of been flying the flag for a while now. I'm a little down on Fevra. Uh, why? Because he, if you look at the chat, so he's four points behind Hurlings in the championship, right? Yeah. Hurlings has missed three races. Geyser has had a 15th, a 19th. So, effectively, that's as good as missing around, isn't it? Like, okay, he got eight points from that, but that's as good as missing around, having two motors like that. There's an eight-point difference between that and just missing around completely. Prado, eight points behind Fevre, had a DNF in... or not a DNF, a no-point-scoring ride in Turkey, whereas Fevre has scored points in every single moto and had a worst finish of 12th. So my point here is... It's great that Fevre's in a championship hunt, but considering what's happened to those around him, he should be ahead right now because he's the only one who's had no issues this year. So really, he should be 20 points up on everyone, not just behind Hurlings who missed three motos. So even though he's four points behind, now I'm starting to be like, okay, it seems unlikely that Fevre's going to get this done because we're at round 10. Everyone else has missed races and still Fevre's not ahead. So again, someone who's not taking the opportunity. Well, no, because it's not so much that. It's just more, he's clearly not so much better where he can bridge that gap. The results may be a bit skewed because the results are maybe a bit skewed because it looks like he's right in the hunt. But realistically, what's got him there is the fact that everyone else around him has had issues. Hmm. Okay. So... Hurlings, one point up on Geyser, four points up on Fevre, 11 points up on Prado. Break it down, championship-wise. Who's your pick? Uh, Hurlings, all day. Percentages? Uh, fucking 90 at the moment, Jesus Christ. Um, I think Caroli's still a little bit sore. Prado is Prado. Well, Caroli's a bit sore, and he's also 45 points behind. Yeah. So. Um, uh, yeah, just, just Hurlings all day. All day. No, okay. 90%, just... Chuck whatever percentage you want on the rest of them. It's that, it's that good for hurlings. I'll go 80% hurlings. No. I'll go 70% hurlings, 15% guys, a 15% Prado. If, if, if and when he does win this championship this year, it will be, I think, uh, one of the, the biggest, one of the biggest, like, I won't say accolades, but I think it's just one of the most earned championships 
ever. I think why because why just because of what he's been through this year with obviously the the things what's happened to him the injuries coming back uh, being points down you know taking his opportunities I'm not saying that he's not done that in other years but just the quality of the competition may I remind you of 2018 yeah sure but oh quality of the competition we had five people who could have won that title this year 933 points he got in 2018. He almost got 1,000 points. Yeah, that's incredible. But I, and he missed a round. But I think the fact that he nearly missed two rounds apart from the opportunity came up when Geyser... Like, uh, what round was it when Geyser didn't do as well? Lock it. Lock it. Yeah. So, so really, he was literally going to be out two rounds then. If, if Geyser had... Um, you know, so it's. I, I just think what he's achieved this year is is freaking awesome. Okay. But eighteen, eighteen, great. But I just think that what he's come through. Well, he's four moto wins in a row now, thanks to um, not four moto wins in a row now, including Sardinia and Venations and. Four class overall wins now, including Turkey, Turkey, Sardinia Nations, because obviously he won the Open overall. So, Caroli uh, announced his retirement um, shortly after the episode 83 of this podcast. I was flown to Rome for the retirement event, lovely shindig, up on a rooftop terrace of an expensive hotel in Rome with many sightseeing landmarks around it. He basically said that... um, Time to listen to his body. His body isn't recovering enough from the weekend, so time to walk away. He's still going to ride, still wants to test for KTM. He is interested in doing one-off races like a GP that he likes or an AMA National. Or He even said he would do the Nations if he's still one of the three best riders from Italy at this point next year. But yeah, it's weird. Everyone knew this day was coming. Everyone knew that eventually he's going to have to walk away. It's been that way for a while now. But... Just weird if it's actually happening. It's going to be a weird place next year, MXGP, without Crowley. Yeah, and some might say a year too early. Oh, God. <laughs> Why? Because he's still, he's still there. Yeah, but he's listening to his body. Sure. Like he's not recovering. Like he said, he'd probably feel, he probably would have felt fine at the Nations 10 years ago because his body would have recovered from Sardinia quite quickly. Yeah. No, he thinks he's got problems now. Wait till 45. Well, maybe you can send him that message. That's what... Wait, are you 45? I'm 46 now, actually. Oh, happy birthday, by the oh, way. Oh, thanks. I, I actually messaged you happy birthday on your birthday and you never replied to me. Ah. Oh. What, was that a text <laughs> message or was that on Slack or what? It was on a Slack. Oh. So it's just kind of a work-related message, not a personal <laughs> oh, one. Okay. Yeah, because, because if I started trying to contact you on many platforms, that definitely would have gone well. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Okay. Do you want to know what I messaged you? Uh, no. Which is actually quite funny now, looking back. Uh, was it happy birthday, even though you won't read this? No. It was, happy birthday, mate. Have a great day, but not too great. You have a flight to catch tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did see that message. I just forgot to reply to you. Well, that's nice of you. Yeah. yeah. Now, my wife kept telling me to put down my phone uh, as I was eating uh, food when we were out because, um, yeah. Oh, were you out eating food at 9.08 a.m.? Oh, no, that would have been the morning, the morning open of presents and stuff. <laughs> oh, okay. I was just trying to figure out. Your story's got a few holes in it. 
Right, so Germany this weekend. Oh, hold on, Crowley. Yeah, just going to be a weird place, MXGP, without Crowley, but um, yeah, phenomenal career. One of the all-time greats, number 222, has been retired now, so no one can have that ever, which I'm interested. I wish, like, I want to start some sort of chain where in 2,000 years, someone's going to run number 222, aren't they? Or do you reckon it'll still be going then? Uh, I think we're probably all going to be dead uh, by then because we're actually killing the planet right now. So, um, All right, all right, David Attenborough, calm down. Yeah, it's it's great that you're you're so optimistic about the future. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just like they retired the number forever. But then I thought about it, and I thought there's going to come a time when the planet is going to have completely new people on it, and no one around who even saw Crowley race. So at that point, like, is it still going to be retired? But none of us will know anyway. No, will will any of us be care? interested to know? You're the only person who's probably even thinking <laughs> I'd just, this. I'd just be interested to know. So if, weird. So just a, <laughs> just a little note for the future offspring of myself. Who's going to be listening to this um, podcast? Yeah. <laughs> just a, and, and did just you just say future offspring? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, just a note for future people. If you could leave a note on my grave in like 2,000 years time going, by the way, number 222 is being used in MXGP again, I'd appreciate that just because I'm interested to know if it's really going to be retired forever. Wow. So just a note from beyond the grave to you there, if you're listening, 2,000 years time. Little Lulu. Dug up this podcast. (laughs) Little Lulu. Dug up this podcast, the sunny day, on on a MacBook, believe it or not. That probably sounds ancient to you at this point in your life. We have laptops. Can you believe it? Laptops. I know right now you're using AI technology. You've probably got chips in your brain. Hopefully not caused by the COVID vaccine. Ooh. (laughs) Shiver me timbers. Two parasamals. <laughs> anyway. No, the Rome event was really good, though. Really good. Really nice. Um, it was very touching. There was a lot of cheers, a lot of cries. I had to pay £100 for smart clothes for it. Did you not go oh, with um, uh, the clothing that I said that you should wear? No. I was trying to get you to wear a school uniform. <laughs> you basically, you basically told me to dress up like I was going to a country club. <laughs> I was absolutely... Not only was I pissing myself, but everybody else who was in the same room as me when I was te- messaging you was pissing herself because we actually thought you were going to go and do it. No, I, I, I spent a hundred of my own pounds to honour Tony's career. What did you buy? What clothes did you buy? Vans. Basically, so you, you just replaced a pair of Vans <laughs> with another pair of Vans. Okay. Uh, Vans. Yep. Jeans. Oh, 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 wow. You've really gone crazy here. Yep. <laughs> White, white t-shirt, black shirt. You actually bought a shirt. Now that's impressive. Yeah, I wore it open. I had a white t-shirt on underneath. Okay, that, that's impressive. The rest of it is a shit show. The, the fact that you actually got a shirt, that's impressive. Okay. Well, it was a nice event. I just thought I'd give it some... I mean, it's been and gone now, but I just thought I'd give a little tip of the hat to KTM for putting it on. It was a lovely way to honor Tony's career. Makes me wonder why we don't do stuff like that more. I mean, I guess one for Paul Allen and DeSalle's career probably wouldn't have had the same effect, but Planet Motor Bombshell of the Week time? Yeah, do it. <laughs> I actually thought we were going to have a Planet Motor Bombshell of the Week. So the way that the old media works at MXGP is you get a media timetable before the weekend, which effectively is a t- like what's going on away from the track. And this one for this weekend said on Saturday afternoon, 
there would be an in-front moto racing announcement, which normally at this time of year means it's going to be something about an event for the calendar. Like they've done something, like they've done a deal with a country and we're going there and whatever, blah, blah, blah. And you can normally tell a lot by the person that climbs onto the stage. So I sat down for this. Uh, oh, here we go. Where are we going? Shiver me timbers. Very nervous. Like, for instance, at Ottobiano in 2018, there was on the calendar in front motor racing announcement. Luongo and everyone sat down at the table and it was like, oh God, who's the representative going to be from this country? Where are we going? And a very obviously Chinese lady climbed onto the stage. And it was like, oh no, we're going to China. Oh no. So this time, a Russian climbed onto the stage. Oh no. We're going to Russia more than once. Crikey, here we go. But it was fine because Russia are, Russia are doing the motocross of European nations next year. That was what the announcement was for. In a track in the middle of a city, believe it or not. Anyway, point where this is, so they finished that announcement about Russia doing the motocross of European announcements. And I, sigh of relief, dodged a bullet there. No more, like not an extra Russia, happy days. Then suddenly they went, we've got one more announcement and the Russians stayed sat down. And I was like, oh no. (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh, get nervous again. And then they went, but first we've got this short promo video. And the promo video was clips of the nations from every year. And I was like, oh no. (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) The Russians got the nations. Fuck, 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 fuck. But turns out it was the announcement about Redbud, and for some reason the Russian just stayed at the desk and didn't say anything. So I'm guessing he wasn't meant to do that. Phew. Point of this story is I was sat there shitting myself thinking the nations was going to be in Russia, dodged a bullet. It isn't. But I was quite nervous, and it's quite a, ga- a bit of a game because, you know, like I say, you can really tell about where we're going from the person that climbs onto the stage, like the lovely Chinese lady from 2018. Thanks for that uh, insight <laughs> and uh, racial equality uh, streaming through uh, from your lips. So thanks very much. Uh, please do not tarnish me with the same brush as Lewis. Chances that has to get cut out? Uh, probably gone. I don't know how else a planet might have bombed her for weeks. I was going to say Carla Sibulis, but <laughs> hey, that's like too easy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure how else the planet might have bombshell of a week. I think I was getting at how I thought the planet might have bombshell of a week was going to be that Russia have the nation. Yeah. Which would have led to me screaming much like the bombshell guy. Right. Okay. <laughs> we're, we're so far past the planet might bombshell at this point. I feel like we need to land this plane. Yeah, we, we do. And uh, can we just go with my option, which was, was it, Car- is it Caraboulis or Caraboulis? <laughs> Carab- I don't know. Caraboulis? <laughs> Have I just now combined first name <laughs> That's and surname? That's one word. Yeah, that's one word. <laughs> oh, I like that. Yeah. But here, anyway. Carlos Sabulis. Yeah, Sabulis. So, um, yeah. Uh, definitely my um, absolute bombshell of the week. Did not see that performance coming. Do you think a lot of teams have took a, you know, t- sort of t- taken a look at that, given that like, they're all about performances sometimes? And uh, he's definitely put himself in a shop window. No. I think you're wrong. No. I think you're wrong. No. <laughs> Prick. <laughs> oh, um, no. Yeah, all right, move on. No, not a Move on. <laughs> trying to think if I've got a planet by a bombshell that I can actually tell. Like something that I can actually say. Because I learned a lot of the weekend, but I don't think I'm saying any of it at the moment. Um, uh, what can I say? Russia's hosting the motocross of European nations in the middle of a city. That's quite a big deal. Motocross in the middle of a city. I feel like we've no done that with China. 
Move on. But I think that was in the middle of a city, wasn't it? I wouldn't know. I was in hospital with a swollen brain because you don't know how to keep your employees happy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it still makes me chuckle. <laughs> um, <laughs> swollen brain. <laughs> your fault. And then what do you do two weeks later? You decide to fucking try and put me back there. <laughs> I put out a photo up on Facebook and did piss myself. No, no, I fucking hate you. I, and I still fucking <laughs> You have ruined the nations for me, by the way. When? Because every year before the nations, you decide to drop a bad news bombshell, on us. A bombshell. A planet mode bombshell yeah. of the year. Yeah. And 2017, 2018, 2019, all the same. So this year... Coming up to the nations, I was quite like nervous. Like, okay, let's just keep everything status quo, try and avoid any drama. And then you missed your flight, and I was like, here we go. <laughs> here we go. Uh, here we go. Little thing that's going to set him off. And now something's going to happen, and the nations is going to be another disaster. No. And how wrong you were. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, here we go. I guess playing my bombshell, what I said earlier um, GP starting in February, ending in September next year. We're going back to normal. Yeah. Happy days. I need normality. So do I. I can't wait for two days again, just because I'll tell you what, it made me realize this weekend what a difference having the Saturday night. I've said it on this podcast, but the thing I miss about not having two days is having the Saturday night to think about what's happened and what's coming up has adds so much to like the excitement and everything. Yeah. In, instead, of, instead of going into Sunday, blinking, oh, GP's over, what's going to happen in France? Yeah. Like, oh, that kind of whoa. thing. Yeah, like, whoa, that's, like, because a second the GP, like, on a Saturday night, you have everyone, all, all anyone does is processes what happened on Saturday and think about what's going to happen on Sunday. Whereas Sunday night, instead of processing what happened on Sunday, everyone's like, well, what's going to happen in France? Oh, what's going to happen next weekend? So you kind of lose a bit of a feel for the GP, you know? Yeah, I agree. I agree. That needs to get back uh, as soon as they can, which hopefully is going to be next year. But then again, you never know with the old COVID. Anyway, that has been your long-winded and very around-the-houses Planet Moto bombshell of the week. Planet Moto, escaping everyday life and riding in Spain has never been better, and you can still experience that right now. Planet Moto still have packages available, plus customizable options with a Planet Moto Academy. There's a lot going on at Planet Moto, including a couple of dates that are available for 2022. So what you're going to want to do is head to Planet Moto Holidays on Facebook or planetmoto.co, figure out what packages are available, figure out what suits you, and then, dear listeners, you can figure out the best way to go riding in Spain in your wintertime and escape the bad weather, get some quality riding in, and yeah, make the most of your time. And for a cost-effective price as well. It doesn't cost that much. You'd think it would especially considering your bikes get picked up in England and delivered to Spain as part of the package. But no, no, no. It's very cost-effective. Head to planetmoto.co now for more. Yeah, and uh, if you are a listener, uh, there's still a couple of places up for grabs to join me uh, at Planet Moto on December the 13th. You're not coming, Lewis, by the way. We've um, uh, agreed that you're not supposed to be there. I really hope this hasn't happened without me. Uh, yep, you're not, you're not involved. Here we go, here comes hospital again. <laughs> I feel that brain swelling. <laughs> mm. 
You're going to be in America anyway, so who cares? Because it's still my business, James. <laughs> Whatever. You're literally just a podcast co-host hey, at this point. Hey, you're one button away from pushing me to push you to brain swelling. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Anyway, <laughs> should we call it? <laughs> Let's call it. Um, I don't even know. I feel like I'm not saying this final section, but it's kind of gone off the rails a little bit. So we'll just leave it yeah. there. This sh- I feel like it started to go off rails when I started talking to my future self in 2000 years time. And yeah, most people are going to be tuning out by then. They're not even listening to this part. Okay. I guess that's it. Before we sign off, I'd just like to remind everyone that the final part of the MXY show was presented to you by Prox Racing Parts, who supply genuine replacement products which meet or even exceed OEM quality. All parts are manufactured to highest quality standard at state-of-the-art manufacturing facilities around the world. Hence why everything the Prox Racing Parts offer exceeds the highest level requirements for all motocross riders require. Many of the Prox parts are actually made by the same suppliers to the OEMs. Head to pro-x.com now to learn more. And as mentioned, please head to Prox, that's P-R-O-X, underscore racing, underscore parts on Instagram. Hit the follow button. Do me a favor. It would help out a lot. Happy days. Get that done. Appreciate it. And of course, we would like to thank Fly Racing. Comrade Muse put Fly Racing up on the podium at the Motocross of Nations in third overall with Team Great Britain. (laughs) And next to him, (laughs) next to him, on that podium was Sean Simpson wearing a Liat neck brace. We'd like to thank Liat as well. He was also wearing Liat goggles. Planet Motor Holidays, do you want to know what all the riders on the podium had in common? They all went to Spain to ride in the winter. True fact. You should do that too. Head to Planet Motor Holidays to find out how you can do that. Prox Racing Parts, Sean Simpson, Rowan van der Mostyke put Prox Racing Parts on the Motocross of Nations podium. Again, what do they have in common? They're trying to beat factory. What do you do if you're trying to beat factory? Choose Prox Racing Parts. Something for everyone, no matter your CC, no matter your bike, no matter your year. Something for everyone. And a mag- an insane amount of parts. The catalogue will surprise you. Technical Touch and KYB. Conditions were gnarly in Mantova. But luckily, Ben Watson had great suspension, which allowed him to bounce right back up after he'd attempted to move into freestyle halfway through the race. The Watson wagon was upside down at that point, but he... um. Technical Touch, KYB, didn't let him down with his suspension, helped carry him to MXGP overall win. Even strokes. James Burfield, MXGP TV, you would have used that to watch for Motocross of Nations and listen to Fly Racing's Jason Thomas do the commentary. Backyard Design UK, Tommy Sell won the British Championship and is an ambassador for Backyard Design UK. Asterix knee braces. Tim Geiser broke his collarbone. Do you know what stayed safe? His knees. He uses Asterix knee braces. And Armour Nutrition. Comrade Muse put Armour Nutrition up on the Motocross of Nations podium. So if, you look, if you're keeping track, basically, the Motocross of Nations podium was covered by MX5 show sponsors. Why? Because we align with the best. Why? Because that's the message we want to pass on to you people. Final thoughts, James? Final thoughts? Um, I think Tushin Tao is going to be interesting. I think that the run-in now to the rest of the, uh, to the, end, of the end of the year um, is going to be... Uh, what GP are you going to go to? Um, by the sound of it, it's, I'd like to go to Tushin Tao, but I can't. Then, Can you actually not? No, I can't, I can't do Tushin Tao. Why? What's going on? Uh, I've got a family barbecue in the rain. Well, I'd imagine they're quite like 
they're probably sick of the sight of you. So I'd imagine if you asked, they'd probably quite happily yeah. wave you off to Germany. Yeah. Well, you would think that, but um, it seems that they do like me being around. Uh, France, you've told me Lacapau is going to be shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Spain is a car park. And then we got Trentino, which I do love. So Spain is really good. I'd recommend Spain. Only because it's got a fucking mall. I don't care about shopping. <laughs> if you want an enjoyable weekend in the sun, choose Spain. Fucking hell. And do you want to know what also you should do while you're in Spain? Visit Planet Motor Holidays. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a good thing. Uh, I just don't fancy a shit track in a car park um, with a mall. Do you want to know a fun fact? Here's a Planet Motor bombshell. Okay. I'll, drop, I'll end on this Planet Motor bombshell. <laughs> you know the day that you missed the flight to Sardinia? Yeah. Do you want to know what would have surprised you had you gotten on that flight? Uh, what would it be? What, what, what would I didn't have a hotel room for you. <laughs> <laughs> what a dick! <laughs> what? I didn't, what a dick! <laughs> My hotel was sold out and I didn't have a bed for you. So I was just going to wait for you to get there and then book you in somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. Honestly. Honestly. There was a hotel four minutes away on the other side of town that I was going to put you in. Brilliant. Brilliant. Well played. Which, so luckily, you didn't get on the flight. So I, not only did I not have to book you a hotel, I didn't have to cancel you a room because you didn't have there one. Okay, see? It was a win-win all round. Yeah. How relieved were you? <laughs> no, not because no, I'd already checked. I knew that the hotels around our hotel had rooms, so I knew what I was going to book you into. Great. And, th- th- and, th- and this is why I'm going to double-check everything from now on. <laughs> I've learned my lesson. You've, you've taught me a very valuable lesson over the last couple of weeks. And you've taught me a very valuable lesson. That was just my mic falling over again. My stand is broken, so I don't know why. It's breaking company. You have, you have taught me a very valuable lesson. I don't want to know what that lesson is. I'm not going to help people anymore. <laughs> not worth it. It's not worth the aggro. Right, yeah, whatever. Whatever. Right, can I please throw now? it back in your face? Yeah, let's, let's end the podcast and continue chatting. Thank you to the people mentioned previously. Fly Racing Lee at Planet Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, KYB, Even Strokes, MXGP TV, Backyard Design UK, Asterix Knee Braces, and Armour Nutrition. Thanks to you people for listening. This has been episode 84, Motocross of Nations and a bit of Sardinia. We will be back next week with an MXGP of Germany wrap-up. It's been so long since we went to Germany, but the last time we were in Germany, Max Anstey was in GPs, Gas Gas wasn't a motocross bike, Beta definitely wasn't a motocross bike and other things. That's how long ago it's been since we were at Tuchental. So stay tuned to MX Vice for coverage for the MXGP of Germany this weekend. From James Burfield, I'm Lewis Phillips. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Bye. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Evenstrokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at Evenstrokes.com. Escaping everyday life and riding in Spain has never been better, and you can still experience that right now. Planet Moto still have packages available, plus customizable options with the Planet Moto Academy. If you want to hit the tracks like Red Sand as soon as possible, Visit planetmoto.co for more information. Known for producing the world's most effective neck braces, LIAC continues to evolve and can now protect riders from head to toe. No matter whether it is their new for 2021 4.5 boot, which offers advanced technology at a mid-range price point, 
or the all-new 7.5 helmet that comes with free Liat bulletproof velocity goggles, Liat has you covered. Shop Liat's extensive line of off-road gear on www.liat.com. For over 60 years, Blenzel Racing Caster has been the secret choice for many championship-winning riders and engine builders. From top tuners like Terry Varner and factory-level riders like Michael Essie, who won the 2020 two-stroke world championship using Blenzel, nothing out-lubricates or outperforms Blenzel's full line of caster-based two-stroke oil. From the original green label racing caster to the 455 Ultra or the versatile gold label, Blenzel has you covered. To learn more about Blenzel's rich heritage or to shop Blenzel's full line of 2T and 4T racing lubricants, visit Blenzel.com and follow them at Blenzel on Instagram. You are listening to the MX Vice Show.